Well, thanks for being here today. It's 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 feeling a little fallish outside. There were some places the fog was real heavy this morning. And I just thought as we drove through the fog, I said, Lord, we need the fog of your spirit to fill the room this morning. We need the, we need the cloud. We need the Shekinah to fill our presence. And, and I tell you, if you haven't already sensed it, the Holy Spirit is among us. He is working and he is ministering. I can tell you how I know that. I can sense it, but I know that the Holy Spirit is here because he has to be here because I'm here. And the reason he has to be here because I'm here is because he lives in me. And if you're full of the Holy Ghost, he lives in you as well. And if you're here, then he's here because he's in you. Does that make sense? So let's praise Him for Him being in our presence. Can you worship Him one more time? I want to take you back in history just a, just a little bit. I want, you to, I want to go back to uh, a less memorable day. That day was April 19th and the year was 1995. There's a few of you in this room that was, wasn't even born yet. In 1995, there's a few of you watching that had not been born yet in 1995. But there's many of us that do recall that year. I don't recall anything particular about 1995, uh, but maybe exception of this story I'm going to tell you. It's April 19th, 1995. The place is the Alfred P. Murrah Federal Building located in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. There was a rider truck on April 19th that pulled up in front of the federal building. And in that truck, that rider rental truck was a load of diesel fuel and fertilizer that had been intricately uh, blended together to create an explosive. A national tragedy was about to occur in the heartland of America. Upon the detonation of this rolling bomb, a federal office building was totally destroyed. Following two weeks of searching, the death toll was finalized at 168 people. 19 of those 168 people were innocent little boys and girls that were placed in a daycare center by their parents who were employees. The accused, a fellow named Timothy McVeigh, was charged and convicted of 15 counts of murder and conspiracy. And then two years later was sentenced to death by the court that sat over him. Death to be given by lethal injection. McVeigh's sentence would not be carried out until June of 2001. In 2000, he personally requested that all pleas, all of the requests by anyone, any politician, any organization, he requests that the the pleas to spare his life be ended. And then in June of 2001... Timothy McVeigh is executed by lethal injection. In a final written statement just prior to his death, McVeigh penned these words. He said, I am the master of my fate and I am the captain of my soul.
Now, it's, while it's not for me to judge the soul of Timothy McVeigh, uh, his, his words indicate to me that there was a lack of submission to God on his part. May God be his judge. He will be his judge. But I do want you to know whether you're, it's Timothy McVeigh, if it's yours truly, if it's you, or anyone watching by virtual church this morning, I, I want you to know that when it comes down to be captain of our souls, the reality of it is, it's not our boat. It's not our boat. And that's what I want to preach to you about the next few minutes with the thought in mind, it's not your boat. It's not your boat. And I want you to turn in the scriptures to the, to the book of Hebrews. And as we go to the book of Hebrews, I want you to, and, and continue through this message, keep in mind, it's not your boat. When we go to Hebrews chapter 4, we find that the scripture declares, For the word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrows. It judges, it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Notice, the word of God judges. Now we don't like to hear much about that today, you know, you know, it's, we're in that, we're in that don't judge me society. Don't be judging me, generation. But and, and it's not for me, in 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 essence, to to make judgments. It's it, that's not my call to judge you righteous or unrighteous. But understand this: that the word of God can, does, and will be our judge. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing is done in secret that won't be brought to light, the Bible says. And, and but, but going on with the Hebrew scripture here, it says, Everything is uncovered and laid bare before his eyes, before the eyes of him to whom, him to whom, we must give account. Father, I thank you for the power of your word. I ask, Lord, for your anointing, your equipping to bring this message forth, Lord. Your word is given, written, and inspired by your Holy Spirit. But, Lord, I need your spirit. And this congregation and the people watching virtually, they we need your Holy Spirit to receive your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, So this morning, I want you to know it's not your boat. Now, I, I'm, this is not a political message at all, but it is a realistic message. It's a realistic message of the day and the time that we're living in right now. You and I are seeing in, in America, and I realize America is does not encompass the entire world, but I will say this to you. We, we as Americans, as Westerners, the Western Hemisphere, we as Westerners, we set the tone for much of the world. 
I've been, I've been in, uh, I've been in missions fields. I've been on missions work on the other side of the world. And I've, I've seen people out in the, the bush of, of Kenya. I met some people there. And one guy, I remember him so well in particular. He was just happy. He was a big, tall, lanky, skinny guy. And, and I can remember him smiling. He couldn't speak any English at all, but he had on an Atlanta Braves shirt and he was happy because he knew he had on an American shirt. And let the Braves. And he didn't even know what it meant. No clue. You see, we live in a civil, we, we are the civilization that's, and I don't speak this vainly, but we are the civilization that so many other civilizations of the world want to be like. They want to be like us. They want to have our cars and our, our clothes and our, our hairstyles and our, and, and our, uh, and our means of living. Uh, because you see, I, no matter how poor or impoverished you, you may be in this room or somebody may be watching this morning, more than likely you still are wealthy in comparison to the majority of the people in the world. We're a blessed nation. We are a blessed people. But I, what I see, and, and, and I think you would probably agree with me. If you don't, that's okay. But what I see is a generation, and I'm not speaking to a particular age group of people, but what I see a generation, or maybe I'm better to use the word a dispensation of lawlessness, lawlessness that is unfolding before our very eyes in this country that we live in. Not only in the country that we live in, but in the world. You see, this country, for for so many generations, this country, we have uh, felt that we were exempt, even if we didn't voice it, we still, our, our lifestyle and, and, and the way that we live and have conducted life, we still have indicated that we are a people that, like, this stuff happens in other places in the world. This is the kind of stuff that happens in Haiti. This is the kind of stuff that happens in uh, South Africa. This is the kind of stuff that happens in Russia. Or this is the, or these are the kind of things that, that happen in China. But what we're seeing is a dispensation or a generation of lawlessness that is occurring right here, not just under in our eyes, but right under our nose in America. Now, why that that shouldn't really take us by total surprise, because when I go back and I take the account, especially of Matthew 24, and then you can go in Matthew 25, and there, are, uh, for for study purposes, there is a little bit of a division there between those two chapters. But we find in Matthew 24, Jesus giving a a brief dissertation of what the church is to expect, and as what the church is expect, has we. Draw nigh to the coming of the Lord is a time of lawlessness. A time of lawlessness. Not lawlessness in the sense of governmental law, mind you. We have more laws on the books right now than we've ever had. Uh, most of the world has laws on their books. But rather, the lawlessness that the Scripture speaks about is a willful, conscious neglect of the Word of God and the principles of God. 
You see, and when we lose the, 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 when we lose the consciousness of the Word of God and the principles of God in our society, we will also lose those in, if you would, our cultural laws or the laws of the land. Lawlessness equals the lack of consecration. It's, it, lawlessness means that, uh, that, that one is yielding to that which is profane. Lawlessness means that you are without regard and even regrets to parents is what Paul wrote to Timothy. First Timothy chapter one, verse number nine. Look it up. This is the lack of consecration. It's yielding to what is profane and it's without regard to parents. Lawlessness and sin are somewhat synonymous. In 1 John 3 and 4, actually the scripture says, sin is lawlessness. Lawlessness in a summary is the lack of or the absence of accountability to God. You want to know why we're seeing what we're seeing. You can, if you can't understand what's happening, I, I think most of you can and most of you probably do and know. But just in case maybe you haven't figured it out now, what we're seeing unfolding in front of our eyes and under our noses right now in this great country that we live in is the result of a nation that has drifted far away from God. A nation that has drifted and moved themselves from his righteousness, from his holiness. I didn't tell Pam what to sing. I usually, every once in a while, I'll send her a message and I say, I want the team to do this song or that song. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have a special request of them this morning. But this, that song they, that they brought to, to, uh, to us just before worship, just before preaching, I should say, that song, Yahweh, unchanging, faithful God. God has not changed. He is not changing. He will not change. What is changing is us. What is changing is, is, is our attitude towards the things of God. What has happened is our attitude or our, our lack of recognition of the Word of God and the presence of God. You want to know why what's happening is happening in the world around us? Let me tell you something. It's because people have parted ways with with God. People have separated their ways, themselves from God. And what happened is in doing so, it's the sin, it's the original sin if you would. It is the assuming of unrightful ownership. It's the assuming of unrightful ownership. Because lawlessness or sin occurs when creation claims ownership of the creation. You see, creation belongs to the Creator. But when creation claims ownership of creation, then we find, we find that sin occurs. Here's proof. Don't take my word for it. Biblical evidence. Genesis. When we go back to the beginning, the serpent said to the woman, you surely will not die. For God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. You see? You see, when, when, when the, when the creation, when the creation try, attempts to take on the world, the, 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 the job or the responsibility of the creator for which there is only one, 
That was the original sin, if you would. That was the downfall of humanity. When humanity... Eve bought into the lie. Sorry, ladies, I'm, I'm sorry it happened, you know, with the, with the woman, you know. Then she beguiles Adam, you know, she convinces him to eat. But the reality of it is it doesn't matter which which part of the couple, which gender actually could be blamed here. They both were at fault. Because, but what happened was when with the, the enemy, Satan, began to convince humanity that you can be like God. Just like Timothy McVeigh, I'm the captain of my own soul. When we begin to think that we've really got the world by the tail, as they used to say. When we think that we're in charge of our life, I find the Bible gives an explicit warning. It says, it says that when any man thinks he stands, he needs to beware because when you think you're stand, standing, you're about to fall. You see, we, 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 we are only self-sufficient in the means that God has allowed us to be or blessed us to be. So we have to remember it's, it's, it's not your boat. It's a new day, but the same old lie that the devil gave in the garden. You see, because in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, uh, what Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, he said, But I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, that your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. Paul, Paul warned, Paul warned the, the church, the church at Corinth. He said, I'm worried that your minds are going to be led astray from the simplicity of, of, of Christ, of who God is. I see that happening. Not not just not just. It, listen, this hasn't happened just in 2020. It hasn't happened just this in the new millennium. It, it has, but 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 through the years of time, we have seen the. Uh, actually, if you want to go back as far as American history. If you go back to, to the end of World War II, when you go back to the end of World War II and you begin to look at the history of America, you will find that in the history of things, that, that following the Industrial Revolution, America has been on a downward spiral ever since then. Even though we had the, the Jesus movement, the, 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 that, that last awakening that we is acknowledged, some some people don't acknowledge it, but but we will for the sake of this morning. Even though we went through that that movement of the 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 fifties, the sixties, the seventies, and even some of it drizzled over into the early eighties, and we saw great revivals and and great outpourings of the Holy Spirit. But when you begin to look overall, that even since World War Two, we have seen a decline. Now, since the eighties, since the eighties, it has escalated. It's like a spiral. You ever dropped a penny in one of those things over to mall? Now, no, it's not gambling because you're not only you know you're not going to even get your penny back. But you drop a penny in that thing and it goes around and it goes around. But the, the, but the quicker it gets to the bottom of that funnel, to that spiral, you know what happens? The faster it goes. It accelerates. I'm a believer that as closer we get to the coming of the Lord, the faster that we are going to see things unfold, the faster we don't see accelerate. I can't predict, well, I can't tell you when Jesus is coming. He's coming on the day of the Lord in an hour when you think not. Okay, that's when He's coming. But as we see, we know things are accelerating. The world, the the, the lawlessness of the world accelerates. i got to move on. I told someone earlier, I said, this is a two-hour message. Okay. 
So man takes control, when man takes control of the moral compass, here's what will happen. When man takes control of the moral compass, I should say is a proper way to pronounce it. When man takes control of the moral compass, the ship will always veer off course. It will always go off course. When man begins to assume control and loses his dependency upon God, the ship, the boat, will go off course. You see, part of the regenerative work of Christ is, uh, is, is opposite of what man is. Because the mind of, uh, the mind of man is carnal. God comes in. He's, that's why he says, I, w- I want to create of you a new creature. I want to make a, you a new creature. That's why, that's why the Lord even said, you know, take on, we, we are to take on the mind of Christ because we, we are carnal at our, at our best apart from living and walking in, in the Holy Spirit and in the Word of God. You see, what happens in unrightful ownership is the embracing of our carnality, of our carnal being, uh, you know, us holiness people used to call it the world. You know, we used to call the world a lot of different things. We used to call baseball games the world. You know, uh, we used to call football games the world. You remember that? We used to call movie theaters the world. We used to call all these things the world. And, 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 and you know, I, I, a dear old friend of mine, he's a mentor of mine, he said, you know what? He said, he said, if I can't go to a baseball game, and he loved baseball, he said, if I can't go to a baseball game, and be a Christian and love Jesus. He said, then I don't need to go. He said, but you know what? He said, I, he said, when I was, my kids were little, he said, they told me at my church, he said, that, that, that it was sin. It was of the world to go to that, take my kids to that baseball game. He said, and then one of the deacons bought them a ball and gave it to them for their birthday. He said, now wasn't that hypocritical? You know, he said, we tell them it's of the world, but, but listen. Understand, there are some things that are worldly. There are many things that are worldly, actually. Not everything that we used to preach that was worldly. But here's the thing. Carnality, embracing the world, is opposing. James 4 and 4 says it. He said, friendship with the world is enmity with God. When we begin to think on the world system, when we get, begin to, to believe that we're the captain of our own boats, we believe that we're in charge of, uh, and let me, and let me say this, I guess I'm getting political right now, but it does, it, it does matter who is president and who leads this country, but I want to tell you, on the other hand, it doesn't matter who leads this country if their heart is far from God and their attitudes are far from God. It's time that we need godly men and women that will stand up and lead this country no matter what their name is. What happens is humanity takes charge of what is actually God's. That's, that's, what, that's what was underlying with the temptation of Eve and then, of course, passed on to Adam in the garden. It's It's... Opportunities here for us to be gods. Wow. The opportunity is here for us to be in charge of everything. You know. How many times have, have you ever, don't answer this out loud, but how many times have you ever thought that you were in charge? Listen, we, we zoom down these roads, you know, especially between here and I, you know, I still call it, uh, you know, Kroger, but Grant's now, uh, uh, I, I still call it Kroger Hill, but we zoom, are, are going up the hill before you top over there to go into down, down, downtown Bluefield. I mean, there's people, I know they have to pass me ruin 75, 80 mile an hour, and then they'll turn in at Grant's 
Or then they'll turn in, you know, uh, uh, you know, somewhere right over on top of the hill, the campground or somewhere. Yeah, and people zooming in cars and trucks that weigh 3,000 pounds and some of these bigger trucks that maybe weigh 4,000 pounds. Over there on that interstate, you'll have big trucks and I don't even know what the gross tonnage, the gross weight is of some of those big trucks, but they'll have a 53 foot long trailer and that thing will be loaded to the max and, and, and they will zoom and they will run up on cars and they will swing them around and they will swerve and, 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 and everybody acts like they're in control of their vehicle, but then we'll go and pick up an ink pen or a pencil or, or we'll go to pick up our cell phone and we'll drop it. It shows you really what little control that we actually have when it comes down to it. You see, when we think we've got control of our lives, when we think we've got control of our situation, have you ever been in a circumstance where you thought you were in control of your situation, but God just allowed you to find out that you really weren't? I have. I have. There's been times when I thought that I, I was in control. I was times I thought everything was going good, but God just, I, I, I just observed as this capacity. He just lifted his hand just for a little while, just to let me know how much I do need him, how much he need, is in control, how much he is watching over things. But when we take charge over what God has jurisdiction, What's happened is we've, we have assumed a rogue ownership. I never figured out why Nissan wanted to call a car a rogue. We've taken on a rogue. We have taken on unrightful ownership. The psalmist said, the 24th psalm, he said, the earth is the Lord's and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it, for he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. And at least two dozen other occasions, there are supporting verses that everything that exists Everything on the earth and everything in the earth, everything under the earth, everything above the earth, everything belongs to God. But when we take charge of it, we have taken or we have assumed rogue ownership, if you would. But this is the allurement of lawlessness. It's humanity's desire to control. It's that carnal part of us that wants to be in authority or to be sovereign. It's the lie of Satan and it's the lack of accountability because when we begin to take charge of circumstances, you see what Eve did when Eve accepted the temptation, when she latched hold of the temptation, she in, in, in turn also lost her accountability to God. You see, that's what's going on in the world right now. What's happening in, in among in society among us right now is a generation of people, a, a, a dispensation of people that have lost, they have forsaken their accountability of God. There's not a fear of God anymore. There's not a respect of God anymore. There's not reverence for God anymore. Therefore, we see what we see happening in front of us. It's the allurement of lawlessness. It's that allurement of rebellion. It's that, if you would, according to Scripture, it's that that work of rebellion, that work of contrariness, that, that the Scripture even equates it to the spirit of witchcraft. 
Are you saying that all these people that are doing all these things, they're all witches? No, 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 I'm not saying that. But I am saying, there is, listen, we must understand church. We must understand people, even if you're unsaved this morning. What we're battling against in this world, in this country right now, is not skin color. What we're battling against right now is not politics. What we're battling against right now is not necessarily opinions. But what we are battling against right now is darkness against light. It is the works of spiritual darkness against light. It is sin against righteousness. It is the ongoing war that has existed from from the beginning of what we know as creation. And we must not forget that. We must realize it. And we must remember that it will and it's got to happen. And, And Paul wrote this to the church at Thessalonica. He said, don't let anyone deceive you in any way. For the day, for that day, that day, that day will not come until the rebellion occurs. Now we don't like to hear that. Because we're waiting on that end time revival and we think the, the, the earth is going to last for another millennia. And it could, okay? I'm not saying it won't. But I'm, I'm, not, I'm also not saying that it will. And he says... Don't, don't let anyone deceive you in any way. For the day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed. The man doomed to destruction. We know there he's speaking of the Antichrist. He said he will oppose and will exalt himself over everything, everything that is called God or is worship, so that he sets himself up in God's temple proclaiming himself to be God. It's going to happen. It's got to happen. It's part of of God's predestined plan that that this is going to occur. And then when we go and when we look into the Gospel of John, Jesus said this in the Gospel of John chapter 2. He said, Dear children, this is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many, many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. It, it's, it's, it's happening. It, it, it's, it's, it, it's, it's happening. I really believe with all of my heart. I'm not, I'm not, you know, you say, okay, pastor, that's just your opinion. Maybe it is, but I, I, I feel like my opinion is founded on the word of God. We are seeing unfo- things unfolding before us that no generation before us has ever seen. We're seeing, uh, we're seeing a lawlessness and perverted dispensation of time occurring. Do you know the places that we once saw heathen are in more so revival than we are here in America? The problem is, it's not our boat. It's not our boat. When we, so what is the antidote for this lawlessness? Well, the first antidote is, Jesus is coming. But let me give you another antidote. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I didn't load this scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Go down about the third verse. The scripture says, For though we walk in the flesh, 
we do not war according to the flesh. Let me tell you something. I'm not fighting against some protester. I'm not fighting against some organization. I'm not fighting somebody because we have political differences. Uh, we, We must understand, church, that this goes more than politics. This goes much deeper than, than, than opinions. This, this, this goes way, way deeper than that. He said, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Again, we're in a spiritual warfare. We're, we're, we're probably in, has a, has a population, as a generation, as a dispensation of people, we're probably in the greatest battle of spiritual warfare that we've ever known. Maybe it's ever been known. Even even the, even in the origin of this country, has has they they tried to break break away uh, from from the old church. Understand? Even even including that, we may be in the the greatest spiritual warfare that any generation has experienced since Jesus ascended back to heaven. In front of us is spiritual warfare. The antidote for lawlessness is realizing, number one, realizing that we, that we are in spiritual warfare. Disagree with me on politics. That's not the issue. Disagreeing with me on, 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 on the social issues, law enforcement, whatever it be, that, that's not, that, that, that's not, that's not the root of all of it. The root of all of it is spiritual darkness. A spiritual darkness that, that is trying to, that is trying to infiltrate. Listen, the time is coming. The stage is being set. What we have to do is realize it's not our boat. And when we realize it's not our boat, what that means is you yield the stern back. The stern. You can't really see one on this boat. I may not even have one. But the stern, there's a little thing on the back. It's a little rudder. It's a little thing. And you can take that thing and you can turn it and it guides the directions of the boat. Even if it's the smallest of stern, if we've got our hands on it, then there's not room for God's hands on it. If it's a mighty ship and it's got the big, the big captain's wheel on it that turns the stern. If we've got our hands on it, then there's not room for God's hands on it. It's a, it's a time that we must yield the stern back to God because we realize that it's in reality, it's not our boat at all. So we acknowledge God in all matters. We return to the Word of God as the authoritative voice of God. And then we need to be a people that's called, that are called Heartfelt repentance. Pastor Joe Wright, back in 1996, think about the era era of time. When the the same era of time when the Oklahoma bombing happens. Pastor Joe Wright prayed this prayer of repentance during a 1996 session of the Kansas House of Representatives. Paul Harvey, 
No kin. Right? Paul Harvey shared this on his ABC radio show that used to be on. It was called The Rest of the Story. Some of you all probably listened to it in years past. On The Rest of the Story, Paul Harvey shared this prayer. And it was and still is the greatest, has the greatest response, the greatest ratings of any Paul Harvey show that was ever done. Let me share this prayer with you. Pastor Joe Wright. Heavenly Father, we come before you today to ask your forgiveness and to seek your direction and guidance. We know your word says, woe to those who call evil good. But that is exactly what we have done. We have lost our spiritual equilibrium and reversed our values. Today we confess. We have ridiculed the absolute truth of your word and we have called it pluralism. We have worshipped other gods and we have called it multiculturalism. We have endorsed perversion and called it alternate lifestyles. We have exploited the poor and we have called it the lottery. We have rewarded laziness by calling it welfare. We have killed our unborn children and called it a matter of choice. We have shot abortionists and called it justifiable. We have neglected to discipline our children and we have called it building self-esteem. We have abused power and we have called it politics. We have coveted our neighbor's possessions and called it ambition. We have polluted the air with our profanities and pornography and called it freedom of expression. We have ridiculed the time-honored values of our forefathers and have called it enlightenment. So search us, O God, and know our hearts today. Cleanse us from every sin and set us free. Guide and bless these men and women who have been sent to direct us to the center of your will. I ask it in the name of your Son, the living Savior, Jesus Christ. We have to remember it's not our boat. A generation of lawlessness, unrightful ownership, the allurement of lawlessness, it's all going to happen. Uh, but the antidote for for lawlessness is for us to turn back to God. If there's any hope for the United States of America to continue, and, and listen, I, maybe maybe there is a better United States ahead. That's my prayer. That's my hope. That's my concern. That's my consideration. But I want to tell you what, I, in my personal opinion, I've had it pretty good. I've had it pretty good. In order to do that, we must turn back to God. The boat is His. We're just to be stewards upon the boat. Matthew chapter 5 and and verse 13 through 16. Jesus said this. He said, you are the salt of the earth. 
He said, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. The church may be at its, at least in modern time, maybe ever, the church, the church, the New Testament church, the Spirit-filled church, the church right now, I believe is being summoned to be the church more than she ever has before. We're called to be salt and we're called to be light. In a time of darkness, in a time of unrightful ownership, in type, in, in a time when, when lawlessness is the allurement. Even though we must, ha- we know that it's going to happen, it's going to take place, the church is still called to be salt and light. And we realize it's not our boat. We're just the captain. I mean, we're just, the, he's the captain, we're just the stewards. We're just the ones there to, to keep things rolling. I think right now, uh, you know, as sometimes we get discouraged, sometimes I get discouraged, and I wonder what's going to happen. Over the years, we've seen church attendance decline. You know, little league sports, little league sports, big league sports, our, our recreation, our activities, so much in the Western world has taken, and I realize my relationship is more, it must be more than just the house of God. But we have allowed so many things, so many of the pleasures and the benefits of life that God has blessed us with, we have allowed them to allure us away as the church from where we should be and could be and need to be as the church. church is not shame on us us includes me okay but shame on us because the church is not fulfilling her role in the capacity that she could have been fulfilling her role in over the years but the time is right the time is now the day is upon us it it, is the end time as we call it listen it's the end of this age it's not the end of time but the end of this age as we know it, it could it be close I absolutely I believe it could be very close but but are the days of revival over not necessarily if the church will square her her shoulders back and the church will get down to business with God and the church will once again yield the yield the stern yield the yield the the, the wheel the God yield it back to the Holy Spirit and let him once again lead us and guide us and realize that we are not in a physical warfare but is a war against light against darkness sin against righteousness but God will bring us through because he is Yahweh Away, faithful God, unchanging, and He is with us yesterday, today, and even unto the end of the world. He is with us. So, should we be have some? Should we be somewhat alarmed about what we see going on around us? Absolutely. 
I'm going to say this and I'm not saying this to cast any, any stone towards anybody in particular because I'm as guilty as any. Every time I go in rural king, I want to tell you first place I go. Where's the first place I go when I go to rural king, Sarah? I go back to the ammo department to see if they've got any bullets in. That's where I go. I'm like Barty. I got a bunch of guns. I got some, I got some I don't even have bullets for. And now I can't buy them. But I want to, I want to say this to you this, and I, and okay, I'm picking on me right now. If we're, if we are concerned, if we are prayerfully concerned about what's going on in the world right now, as we are concerned about getting us some bullets for in our gun safe or, or in your dresser drawer, wherever you keep, if we were as concerned about that as we are, if we were spiritually concerned as much as we are in other ways, what would be happening in the church right now? What would be happening in the church right now? The opportunity is is right. I'm, I'm thinking right now of that scripture. The fields are white to harvest. The fields are white to harvest. Man, they're they're ready to go. If you ever been down south in uh, late summer and you see the cotton fields, man, it looks like it's it's snowed. You know, down in get down in the flatland of the Carolinas and and different places, you see those cotton fields. The fields are white to harvest. I've never picked cotton. I've done a whole lot of other things on the farm, but I've never picked cotton. But when I gather, pick, picking cotton is not an easy job. You get cuts. And you get scrapes. But the fields are white to harvest. But the thing about it is, the, the scripture says, but who's going to go work those fields? Pray the Lord of the harvest. That he will send workers into the field. Now we'll, we've been praying. We pray a lot. I as a pastor pray a lot. God send us people. Lord send us the people you need for, to work this, to do children's church, to do, to do youth ministry. Lord send us people. Send us musicians. Lord send us deacons. Lord send us elders. Lord send us all these people. But you know what? It might not be that the Lord needs to send us somebody. It might be that we need to raise up what we already got here pat me on the back that was good that was good raise up raise up and be the church God is calling us and the time is right bow your heads with me close your eyes just for a minute what an hour what a time what a season it is right now for the church to rise up I'm not saying God sent COVID, but I want to tell you something. COVID's caused the church to do things the church hasn't done in a long time or maybe ever before. Today, the opportunity is right for the church to step up, move out, and to be a salt and light in this world. We're not warring against flesh and blood, but it's against... It's a spiritual warfare. We can't lose because, but we can't lose because the Bible says the gates of hell cannot prevail against us. The gates of hell can't keep us down if we're full of the Holy Spirit. So today, first and foremost, the most important call I could give in this room or across the airways this morning is are you saved? Are you saved? Are you born again? Are you washed in the blood of Jesus Christ? Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? Let me tell you, if you don't, then you don't stand a chance 
in spiritual warfare. If that's you in this room this morning, or if that's you watching, and, and you want to send us a message somewhere along the way, you can even do that privately. But in this room in particular, if that's you and you need to be saved, or you need to rededicate your life in this room right now, I want you to slip up your hand and say, pray for me. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. Thank you. Any others? Any others in this room? Here's what I want us to do. You can look this way if you would like now. This morning, I want to ask you this question. All of us, all of us, There's just things that I've told Sarah. I said, just turn it off. Just turn it, just turn, turn it off. Local, especially local TV and stuff. News time. Just turn it off. Just turn it off. Let me tell you something. The Word of God, it's good to know what's going on. Don't misunderstand me. But the Word of God is what I need to cast my dependence on. It's what I need to cast my my confidence in. The Word of God is going to carry us through this. My faith, your faith, will carry us through this. Once raised their hand that they needed to rededicate their life this morning. And, 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 and that's great. That's glorious. We, we praise God for that. But right now, every one of us in this room, because of all the happenings, there's spiritual warfare going on in our life. Who, who would, with no, ha- no heads bowed and no eyes closed, who would look at me right now and say, Pastor, just give me a wave and say, Pastor, I need reinforcement at this point in time of my life right now. Who would say that? Who, who can be honest? Now, if you don't need reinforcement, that's okay. I need spiritual reinforcement at this time in my life. I think it's, it's maybe everybody in this room. Right now, having said that, I want you to stand to your feet. Stand into your feet. Jesus could have called 10,000 angels to, to deliver him off the cross. God, his father could have sent 10,000 angels. And he could send 10,000 angels to rescue, rescue you and me. But that's probably not going to be his design. That's probably not going to be what he's going to do. But he does, he has intended us. We are made, the scripture declares, we are made more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Right now today, if you have the thoughts, and you have the mind and you have the intention that you are a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Right now, I want you to raise your hands to heaven. And I want you to begin to solicit Him for strength and power and every ability that you need right now. Right now, begin to pursue Him. God, I need your strength. I need your power. I need your anointing, that equipping. Right now, I'm made more than conquerors through you, Lord God. I'm an overcomer. I'm more than an overcomer, Lord. God, I'm a victor. Lord God, I'm a conqueror, Lord, through you, Jesus. Today, there will no weapon formed against me that will prosper. Today, Lord, there is nothing that will diminish or take away from the church. Your church will not be destroyed. Your church will not be in dismay. You are, you can calm seas. You can part waters. Lord God, you can move mountains. Lord, you can cause time to stand still, God. You, Lord God, can do all things. 
and You are suffice for the hour that we are in right now. So God, I am, I am, I declare. Declare this with me right now. I am more than a conqueror. Go ahead and say it. I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. I am a victor through Christ Jesus. I will not be overcome. I will not be overwhelmed. I will not be shaken. I will not veer to the right. I will not veer to the left. But I will remain, Lord, on the path of righteousness. And I believe God is... Got a remnant. He's got a people that he's raising up in this hour. I want you to be a part of it. I want to be a part of it. And we want to see God just minister and meet needs in a dark, dark world. Right now. In a dark, dark world. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.